At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. A warmer from the low, welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Heaps with myself, Greg Heaps Peterson, now part of the Beats and Family Podcast. We've got a superb podcast for you guys. We're going to be joined in segment number two by Blake Lovell, who does amazing work over at Southeastern 14. There's a few teams in the SEC dealing with some injury woes coming into the season, as certainly we have those with Kentucky. We also have the Tolu Smith situation at Mississippi State as well, where it looks like he's going to be out until conference play. Absolutely devastating for them, by the way. So we're going to be taking a look at those. We saw a lot of news in college basketball Monday. We finally got a decision with regards to the Raekwon battle waiver situation over at West Virginia. There's a star player in the Ohio Valley Conference that looks like is going to be out for the season. We're going to be touching upon that. We're going to be talking about if Blake puts any stock whatsoever into scrimmage results, what he's trying to take a look at with regards to those, and there's a team that's flying a little bit under the radar that he's evaluated quite a bit, and now all of a sudden it's starting to feel a little bit more bullish on that he's going to be talking to me about as well. So that's going to be coming up in segment number two and segment number one. Actually a really busy day in college basketball on Monday. We are going to recap all that we saw on the news front there. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to throw those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind, Larry ZM. Maybe does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Any other way, that is fine. An Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via the five-star review. And let's take a look at all, what we all got in college basketball Monday. As I've said on this podcast a few times, and I will certainly continue to recap it, the fact that with regards to the scrimmage results, the actual points, the actual final score. This is much like whose line is it anyway? One of my favorite shows when I was a kid. Everything's made up and the points don't matter. The fact that Santa Clara knocked off UCLA by kind of 64 to 53 does tell me that UCLA is probably going to be playing a little bit more slowly this year, but I don't take too much from that. What I take a lot from is the fact that you had a trio of players not play for the UCLA Bruins, including Adam Bona. We remember that Mr. Bona, he was out towards the back half of the season, was unable to play in the NCAA tournament. That is a situation that I want to monitor. That's a takeaway from that scrimmage that I do think is important. And I do want to see, all right, is the team playing a little bit more slowly because diving into the box score, this was a slog of a game. And I think that Santa Clara might be slowing down just a little bit this year as well. So that's a little bit of a takeaway that I do have from the scrimmages. But that said, it's not one of these things where it's like, oh, and all of a sudden Santa Clara is going to be knocking off Gonzaga in the WCC. It's not like 
I think that UCLA is going to be worse than Oregon State in the Pac-12 or anything like that, but there were some things that were takeaways from that scrimmage. So I do think that these scrimmages, they serve a purpose, not so much a final score, and I will continue to reiterate that. I recognize that I'm talking to many people who are fans of their favorite team. Your team is not going to be going to the national title game because you want to scrimmage by 10 points against Schlubby McSchlub School here and or your season's not doomed because you lost by five points to insert your team here. So do want to be keeping that in mind. This is a big one. Now, with regards to the Ohio Valley Conference, it's going to be a one-bid league, and whoever wins the conference is most likely getting a 16 seed, but I had Tennessee State and Morehead State as my top two teams within the conference. Personally, I put Tennessee State actually at number one, but I thought Morehead State was a very clear number two. Mark Sears, it appears, is not going to be able to play at all this season. Preston Spradlin told The Messenger that it's Jeff Goodman's website, and this is just absolutely devastating. Mark Sears last year, he missed a few straight games last season, and you could tell that when he was out there on the floor versus when he was not out there on the floor, it was a completely different team, and for Sears, he was Mr. Do-It-All over at Morehead State last year. 15 points, shot about 36% from three-point range, and he was really nagged by turnovers throughout the early part of his career when he was at Tennessee State and Illinois State. He was able to dole out about 3.7 assists at 2.2 turnovers per game last season. Morehead State won the slower teams in all of college basketball. They really rely upon being able to take care of the ball, being able to be crisp with their offense, and having Mark Freeman out of the fold, that is big. I'm going to talk about this a little bit more with Blake Lovell in segment number two, but man, that is a rough loss for them, and this one is even rougher. Raekwon Battle, we have all been talking about whether or not he was going to be getting a waiver or not. Raekwon Battle denied a waiver on Monday, and that is just absolutely devastating. We're probably going to need to get Ethan Bach back on the podcast. He has been so badly tortured. He has been our good friend from West Virginia that has joined me all throughout the offseason. We appreciate his efforts, but man, for a Raekwon battle last year, I had Montana State averaged 17.5 points per contest, shot in the mid-30s from three-point range. It does have experience playing at Washington at the power conference level. It was averaging more around 4.5 points per contest, clearly at Washington, he wasn't the same player as he was at Montana State, but still, this guy is a bucket getter, and on top of that, not only does West Virginia lose a guy that they were thinking was going to be a starter, they lose just depth in general, and that's big for them, because you've got Kirk Reese, and you've got Jesse Edwards, these are two solid players, and I think that a cook a cook has some upside. At six foot ten, he's able to block shots, he's able to pop threes, he's a little bit of a do-it-all sort of player, and you gotta figure that Noah Farrakhan, can. I've yet to hear about his waiver situation, even if he does get out there, he's not necessarily the world's greatest player, but I think that he's out fold as well. But you could be staring at about like a six, maybe seven man rotation. Jeremiah Bembry was like a top 200 freshman, but I mean, that's about the only freshman that they've got. Kobe Johnson is probably going to need to step up. Now, I will say, Seth Wilson, if you look at qualifying players with regards to assist to turnover ratio, his 4.7 was actually one of the best out there in all of college basketball. But, I mean, Quinn Slizniski, who couldn't get out there on the floor for Iowa last year because he was dealing with injuries, he's now going to need to be playing a big role for West Virginia out there in the Big 12. Some massive losses for the Big 12 the last few days. We've talked about the Cincinnati big men not being able to get their waivers, but 
with West Virginia now being without Raekwon Battle. And West Virginia, as you can imagine, they are going to be appealing this decision, and rightfully so on that part. And yeah, this is really putting them behind the eight ball, and it's been something that we've been trying to keep watchful eye of. The other one that I think is going to be worth watching is Yonder Williams, and ironically enough, we're going to be talking a little bit about Memphis in segment number two with Blake Lovell as well, but we are starting to get a little bit more clarity with some of these teams, and for West Virginia, as it gets clearer and clearer, it becomes more and more clear that probably going to be a little bit of a rough year for them and I feel bad in saying so but that is what we all saw in college basketball on Monday and now let's talk to Blake Lovell about some of the headlines that we have been seeing in college basketball over the last few days he seems to deal with injuries how to interpret some of these secret scrimmage results and a few teams that have been catching his eye and he's feeling a little bit more bullish on coming into the season that's up next right here on Coast Coast Hoops with myself Greg Gates Peterson now a part of the DC Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. 
Sports Betting Innovative Analytics has taken the guesswork and emotion out of sports betting to bring you an innovative and trustworthy resource to enhance your journey to becoming a winning player. With industry-leading money-back guarantee options backed by their sophisticated modeling, they want to introduce you to a system that's not widely seen or available to help you beat the bookmaker. Specializing in NBA, college basketball, and WNBA, your first week is always free. Get started at SBIA1.com today. Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Peterson, now a part of the Visa Family Podcast. It is always great to be joined by this man as Blake Lovell. He does amazing work over at Southeastern 14, taking a look at the game that we all know and love of college basketball. Obviously, when it comes to Saturdays, he does that thing called college football that apparently is quite popular down south, but he, much like myself, has been very hard at working except for the upcoming college basketball season. He's joined me for a few of the conference previews I've done here in the offseason as well. And he's someone that you're able to find on Twitter slash X at the Blake Lovell, uh, same as spelled L-O-V-E-L-L. And Blake, always great to be able to get you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, I always enjoy it, Greg. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining me, Blake. And right now at this time of year, we're trying to monitor what we're all going to be getting opening night as it is less than two weeks away. But we are noticing a lot of injuries popping up. And for Kentucky, they are going to be dealing with a pair of guys being out of the fold. The biggest one, being Mr. Bradshaw, their talented seven-footer that was going to be able to space out the floor. I think that that is going to be a pretty sizable loss for them as well. But I mean, with Kentucky, as we know, this is going to be a bunch that they're going to be dealing with a lack of experience to start with. So I didn't feel like they could afford too many losses in general. And with Yogana Onyesu also going to be out of the fold, along with Aaron Bradshaw to begin the season, I do think that that is going to be hurting them quite a bit because they just don't have a lot of experience and a lot of depth to begin the season at this point, even though the schedule after the Champions Classic going to be a little bit easier until about Thanksgiving time. Yeah, I think, like you said, Greg, I think where they do have depth, seemingly more so in the backcourt on the perimeter than they do the frontcourt. And that's where, you know, having those two guys specifically out of the mix for, you know, how long at this point. Yeah, it's significant because, as we know, Kentucky does play some difficult games in the early part of the schedule. And, you know, obviously have that Kansas game in there and Miami and so forth. And I think it's going to be interesting to see kind of how this team adjusts to that early on. For whatever reason, I feel like we're always talking about this with Kentucky some years. Like, it's just you're trying to figure out how they're going to adjust early on. And, you know, more so, we always mention just the chemistry with how many new players they're usually adding to the roster and seeing how they figure that out. And, you know, this makes it a little bit tougher because you don't have the probably starting lineup. You don't have the rotation you feel like you're going to have come March. You know, once things get to that point, because you've got to wait for some of these guys to get back, and Bradshaw specifically. I mean, again, it's a, a seven-foot guy who can stretch the floor, runs the floor as well as he does. And I think that just, again, it puts some pressure on how you play elsewhere. Of course, Trey Mitchell was significant to add him to the mix because think about what things look like if he's not on this team, given you know the injury situation and that. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see kind of what John Calipari does from a rotation standpoint. Obviously, you know, he does have the luxury of having some of those bigger type guards, whether it is, you know, Antonio Reeves, Wagner, and of course, Justin Edwards, a guy who can pretty much do anything. You know, he can play at the four if he needs to and those kind of things. So, yeah, I'm curious to see what Kyle does without Bradshaw on the floor, and hopefully he's ready to go here soon enough because uh, obviously Kentucky will be a much better team, I think, once he's back out there. Yeah, but I think so as well. I think that he's one of the best freshmen in this entire class, and him being out, that is certainly going to be hurting them quite a bit. 
to begin the season. But as we know, that's not the only injury woe that we are seeing out there in the SEC and really nationwide. We'll get into some of the others in a few minutes, but I've talked about this one on the podcast quite a bit. And I do think that this is the biggest loss for any team at the beginning part of the season, even bigger than the two losses that Kentucky has. And that's Tolu Smith being out for Mississippi State at the very least until conference play. Sounds like there's a chance that it might even be worse, but I was taking a look at this Mississippi State team. We've talked about them a few times on this podcast during the offseason. I felt like we were both pretty warm on them, but Tolu Smith was their top scorer, their top rebounder, the heart and soul of that defense. And though the shooting, I think, is going to be a little bit better this year, having Tolu Smith out to begin the season, I think, is just absolutely devastating for this team. Yeah, it's brutal. The only way to put it, I mean, that significantly changes I think the expectations, because like you said, I mean, let's remember the team we're talking about here. This was a team that was the worst three-point shooting team in the country last year. So think about how teams game planned around that, like knowing that they game planned everything around Toulouse Smith made this team shoot. And now it's like, even if he's not out there, you still understand that they may be a little better in that category. And I think they will be. Still, there's a weakness there. They weren't a great free throw shooting team. They weren't a great shooting team overall. Now you take him out of the mix, call it what it is. He's one of the top three players in the SEC entering the season. And so to take him out of the conversation, it becomes a very challenging thing, I think, for this Mississippi State team. And I'm curious to see how Chris, you know, Jans kind of puts this team together just from an offensive standpoint now, given that, remember, it wasn't just what Toulouse Smith, just from a production of scoring. It was how many plays was he affecting in terms of his ability to rebound, specifically offensive rebounding, right? Like how many games he just had numerous offensive rebounds. And so I think that is one of the things, too, that you really look at here and feel like, boy, if you don't get those second-chance opportunities for a team that struggled to shoot the ball, you take out your best player offensively, it really bores us some of those other guys to step up. And we'll see what happens because we really just haven't seen this Mississippi State team be in this position without him consistently. Not at all last year. The year before, I think he missed some time due to injuries. But it's a huge blow, like you said, Greg. I would agree. This is one of the biggest ones nationally, I think, for a team that, quite frankly, I felt pretty good about putting into the NCAA tournament to start the season. But now, yeah, it's going to depend on when he's back because it may be a bit of a grind. And hey, guess what? Chris Chance doesn't mind making those games a grind is the way they play defense. So they'll have to do that even more so this season. Uh, and this team is probably going to need to make it a grind as well as joining me on the show. We do have Blake Lovell, who does great work over at Southeastern 14, joining me on Coast to Coast Soups. And you join me every year for the Ohio Valley Conference preview. And I really felt like with regards to a one and two in the conference, it was Tennessee State and Moorhead State. And looks like Mark Freeman might miss the entire year for Moorhead State. Jeff Goodman, about an hour or so before we recorded this podcast, tweeted that out. And I think that that size back in the OVC. Now, granted, the OVC is probably going to be a one-bid league, which at one bid is going to be setting a team to the NCAA tournament that's going to be a 16th seed. But I mean, we talk about how big these injuries are in the SEC, what have you. But on my side of things, you're able to make as much money on more at state as you are in Kentucky. And this is a very seismic blow for a team in a mid-major that is very, very winnable. And now what seemed like it was going to be a tourist race, in my opinion, more at state to Tennessee State, feels much more wide open now for teams like SIU Edwardsville and UT Martin. Yeah, we talked about those kind of teams that could have a chance to be right there in the mix, even with, you know, a fully healthy Moorhead State. But now you take Freeman out of the mix and you're looking at this like, man, that's a guy who scored 15 points a game. Obviously, I think we talk about teams of game plan, right? So we talk about Toulouse Smith and Mississippi State, teams for game planning. For Mark Freeman there at Moorhead State, and now <laughs> just think about their schedule too, Greg. Right? They start off with Alabama. They got to go to Purdue. 
it's going to be a big adjustment. They got that game in Indiana, I think, later in non-conference play. But it does make, you know, that conference a lot more interesting because we had kind of known, you know, hey, this is, you know, Preston Spradlin. We know kind of the roster he puts together on a year-in, year-out basis, knowing that you had a guy like that to kind of lead the way. And now I find Tennessee State very interesting at this point because I think it is a team you and I talked about in the preview. You know, they've also been a team that I think transfer-wise, you know, that has had success over the years with the guys that they brought in. And now I think with Penny Collins kind of looking at the roster, the way it shapes up and yeah it's just so hard isn't it when you talk about these teams that just rely on a guy who said whether it's a, a smith at mississippi state it's a freeman at morehead state your curiosity just goes up because you're like man how are they going to change things sort of given you know the state of the roster now moving forward and i think morehead state still got a talented roster but again it's just different when you have a guy like that has the ball in his hands as much as he has for them so we'll see what happens with the eagles there but yeah it's a brutal blow for them Yep, it certainly is a big, giant blow for them, and it is going to be interesting to see how they're going to be able to fare this season. And on top of that, it's going to be very interesting to see how this team fares as well. As joining me on the show, we do have Blake Lovell of Southeastern 14, and we have been waiting for this waiver for a long time, and I felt like this was the biggest TBD waiver that was on the board entering into the week. But Raekwon Paddle is not going to be eligible for West Virginia, and For West Virginia, after everything that happened with the Bob Huggins situation with the guys that transferred out of the fold, I did think that it was going to be a little bit rough for them. But I felt like if Raekwon Battle was going to be in the fold, they had a little bit of a chance. But I mean, this just hurts them two-pronged because, for one, I felt like Battle was going to be a good, solid start for them. And two, they just don't have any depth at this point as well. And I just foresee this being a very rough year for West Virginia. the hits for this program just keep coming. Yeah, you felt like backcourt was the strength of this team, and I think now you take him out of the mix. And, yeah, like you said, that's the best way to put it. Hits just keep coming because, you know, he wasn't just someone who could be someone scoring-wise, which the, the numbers speak for themselves in terms of what he averaged, you know, 18 points basically last season. And he could defend and really help him out there and, you know, make shots from outside and – now you take all that out of the equation, and it's like, man, what's next, right? I think that's the way you look at it if you're a West Virginia fan. Like, you're definitely more pessimistic than optimistic at this point. Yeah, so I'm curious just to see, again, same situation where depth-wise, what does this rotation look like? I feel like we've talked about this, Greg. You know, we did the SEC preview and some of these other conference previews. It's like, you want to talk about a wild card of trying to pick a team's rotation in terms of, like, the distribution of who plays this much and that much and so forth. I have no idea on this West Virginia team when you just kind of look at things going into the season now without battle. You know what conference you play in, right? You talk about just the physical grind of playing in the Big 12 and the physicality of the league and, you know, all of that. I mean, you know, your first, what, conference games at Houston, like, welcome. Like, here you go, which we know West Virginia, you know, has been a team that has embraced physicality under Bob Huggins and such. But now it's like just the grind you go into and trying to figure out, you know, roster-wise how this thing's going to look and the depth issues, as you mentioned. I'm just very curious to see what happens here because, yeah, when you compare their roster now overall, you know, from top to bottom to some of these others, it's just, it's going to be a hard grind, I think, for the Mountaineers. Man, a lot of blows for a lot of teams, Like the last few days. We've laid it out with so many of them, but let's take a look at something a little bit more cheery, because I know that I'm sure that you've got a lot of fan bases that are in your mentions, what have you, feeling like, oh, our team's going to win the national championship <laughs> because we won insert scrimmage here by five points and everything like that, which I can't help but have a chuckle about that. But how do you take these scrimmages? Because I don't think that they're completely useless, but I think it's much more useful to be taking a look at, all right, how are some of these rotations looking? Was someone else, like Adam Bona, we saw Monday, UCLA had a, had a scrimmage, he was held out of it. That's something that causes me 
to have a little bit of a red flag. We were talking about Kentucky before, and if like Antonio Reeves, for some reason, were to not be in the fold for their scrimmage, that's something that I think would be of significance. Meanwhile, if you have a result like we're going to throw out there, Wisconsin knocking off Marquette by five points or something like that, it doesn't mean that Marquette is going to be some bad team and Wisconsin is going to the Final Four or anything like that. I think it's more or less the context. As important with these scrimmages. Yeah, it is all about context, Greg. I won't mention any team specifically, but I'll tell you, like I've looked at some of these results from scrimmages and there have been guys that I have probably not talked about one time this offseason that lead teams in scoring or, you know, wind up making a huge jump and all of a sudden, you know, you're like, wow, that guy played that many minutes. That is significant because it does kind of give you an idea, okay, maybe here are some guys that were not on the radar or were not maybe factored into the rotation significantly that all of a sudden you've got to look at it now and say, well, okay, maybe we got to readjust things here. And okay, that seems a little deeper there in that area or that area, maybe than we thought. But beyond that, I'm like you. Like I think it's just the context. You've got to figure out who played, who didn't play. We know coaches are working on anything and everything in these scrimmages to really try to figure out what they have. Because remember, you know, for teams that didn't play exhibition games, didn't have these overseas trips, all that, this is the first time against other opponents that you know coaches are actually getting a chance to see a lot of new guys. And we're in the transfer era, right? Like every team pretty much has a lot of new guys in many cases. So you take certain things with a grain of salt, but there are other things, like I just said, that Maybe you can look at and say, maybe I need to readjust my thoughts on this particular player or this thing about a team. But more so, I think it's very player-based at this point, Greg. It's just seeing those guys maybe pop up early on, let a team in scoring that you're like, oh, I didn't think that guy could get 10 minutes on this roster. And all of a sudden, he's leading the team in scoring. Well, clearly, he's going to be more of a factor than I thought. Those are probably the things I look at the most when trying to just kind of gauge what to take away from these things. Yep, I'm in lockstep with you on that. I do think that reading into the context of it, trying to figure out, all right, who played when, what sort of rotations were we getting? I think that that's much more important than, oh boy, Boise State knocked off Cal by like 10 or 15 points in a scrimmage or something like that. So I do think that that is paramount at this time of season as Blake Lovell, who does great work over at Southeastern 14, is joining me right here on the podcast. And with regards to teams that you are a little bit more stock up, stock down on, are there a few that do come to mind? Because now we are less than two weeks away from the start of the season. We're starting to get to know these rosters just a little bit better. Certainly, we're going to be figuring out more and more injury information as we go along as well. But are there a few teams that either the last few weeks have put you off of them a little bit more or vice versa? You're now feeling a little bit better about them? There's one team in particular that I have probably studied more than any other team over the past couple of weeks. And I've had people text me at random saying, you know what? I don't think this team's getting enough love. I've had other people text me and say, you know what? I don't see this team making the breakthrough that people think they're going to make. And I will keep it in the SEC because I think this is one of the more interesting teams in the league. And that is Florida because, you know, the Gators, who I know we talked about too in our preview and just kind of looked at it. The EJ Jarvis thing, him not playing there, I thought was one that, you know, front court depth really takes a hit because, you know, you like to have that that extra option there, especially when you're having to replace a Colin Castleton. One guy's not going to do that on this team. It's going to need to be multiple guys. But the more I study it, I'm like, okay, Tyree Samuel, big East guy. He's equipped to play in the SEC, very physical, as we know. You know, and Logden comes in. Maybe there's a slight adjustment period. Maybe there's some certain things that he needs to improve on, like with any player. But I still feel like, okay, he may have an opportunity to succeed. But I tell you, Greg, what really is growing on me with this Florida team is the backcourt and the depth that they have there. I am really kind of starting to lean more towards maybe I've undervalued Florida a bit coming into the season. Now, I still want to take a little wait-and-see approach on that because I do think it's one 
you know, we're again, you're adding a lot of new guys to the mix. But with that duo of Riley Google, Will Richard coming back and adding a Clayton, you know, to the mix for my own, adding a Zion Pullen, I really like this roster more so maybe than I did a couple weeks ago, the more I dive into it. So I say Florida is one of those teams for sure, you know, that I really look at. And again, kind of just keep it in the SEC. That is one of the most intriguing teams for me. It's just really kind of seeing how things unfold there. Another team, I'd throw Memphis into the mix too, because I think I can't say any conversation we've probably had over the years in doing this podcast, Greg, you know, just randomly have to talk about Memphis at some point. You know, we've always just kind of talked about, okay, where are they at in terms of, you know, overall, in terms of numbers, right? Last year was kind of that breakthrough and getting the, you know, 26 wins, whatever. I think Memphis is another team. You know, you just look at it, the way the roster shapes up. Penny Hardaway, which is so hard for me to believe, Greg, and I feel like I'm like, man, how long have I been doing this? This is going to be his seventh year there. You know, the more I look at this team, I'm just like, count Memphis among those teams that obviously right in there, FAU is going to be the team that we're all kind of talking about. We, you know, we mentioned, you know, North Texas and all that and what they've done, UAB with Andy Kennedy. But I'm very curious, just maybe just the top of that conference going into the season, because there is a lot of intriguing elements when you look at kind of where all those programs are at near the top of the AAC. Oh, I'm right there with you on Memphis as well. And I don't think we've heard if DeAndre Williams is going to be out there or not. That's one that I've still been trying to find information on. We're less than two weeks away from the start of the season, and we're still TBD. I'm guessing that the NCAA is trying to deem if someone that can buy the team's rental car because he's old enough should be allowed to play college basketball or not. That's obviously a little bit of a joke, but I do think that that is something to watch out for with Memphis as well. But I'm with you. That's a very intriguing team. And Blake, I know you're doing amazing work getting set for the upcoming season. You join this podcast quite a bit. Always lend amazing insights. So let the good people at home know what's all on tap for you and how people are able to follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, I always appreciate it, Greg. Uh, like you said, you can find all of our SEC-related stuff on YouTube. You can search for Southeastern 14, all of our SEC basketball preview materials up there, and yeah, all my other college basketball thoughts and everything. You can follow me on Twitter, slash X, at Level. And Blake does amazing work on the college basketball front. He joins me a lot on this podcast. He's been doing so much to be able to get us set for what is going to be a tremendous college basketball season. So big thanks to Blake for joining me right here on Coast to Coast Seeps, now part of the Visa family of podcasts. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Seeps, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Citra, and TuneIn. And if you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what I have you for this podcast, you have one of two ways we all fire those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at unit underscore one. Keep in mind, let us see them. it does not matter. As per usual, please just send these into the timeline. And the other way, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it's very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to on this podcast. Find that five-star review. We're getting there. Less than two weeks away from the start of the college basketball season. Once we get in season, I'm getting you guys picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. And... I am working hard on that college basketball spreadsheet. The link will be up probably in about a week or so. I have a lot of initial numbers already for these opening night games. I just want to take some time, make sure that there's not any injuries I'm missing if I didn't leave out something critical that I should for the upcoming season. So I do want to take a little bit more time before I officially unveil all my opening night lines as the bookmakers. They have yet to as well. So I feel justified in that, but that is going to be coming soon. And here on the podcast, we're going to be looking at everything that we need to know coming up for the upcoming season, talking to some great guests, picking their brains and so much more. So I always appreciate you guys tuning in and I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 